Hey everyone, welcome to That You May Know Him, a podcast where we are committed to proclaiming biblical truth that helps you know Christ better than ever before. Hey guys, this is Blake with That You May Know Him Ministries, and welcome back to 2 for 10. Today we're going to study Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, but before we do that, I just want to remind you, please take a minute and hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel just below you. It really does help us out. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please check out our podcast, the That You May Know Him podcast. It's available on every major podcasting app. Or you can go right to our website and listen to it there. Also, lastly, real quick, for those of you that don't know, I co-authored a book with my good friend, Dr. Richard Cox, and it is available this week. The book is called Secularism, The Church, and The Way Forward. I think if you're a Christian living in America or living in the West in general, this book probably has something to say to you or to enhance or help your life. The church is in sort of a weird state, in a weirder state than it's ever been, probably in the 300-year history of our nation. Uh, and the questions are out there. What's the future of the church look like and where is it going to be in 20, 30, 40 years from now? I think this book asks a lot of important questions and gets Christians, it's intended to get Christians thinking about things like this. So please do check it out if you get a chance. All right, let's jump into the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ even to all that he saw. My friends, we talked about in episode one the fact that the book of Revelation is unlike any other book in your Bible. One of the reasons that it's unlike any other book in your Bible, there's a lot of reasons actually, but one of the reasons is that it's the only book that is written by Jesus Christ himself. That's right. The book is mainly written by Jesus Christ himself. Now let's clarify this. Many scholars like to make a point of the fact that the Greek that's used in the book of Revelation, right? The book of Revelation was originally written in the Greek language. Well, the style of Greek is different than the style of Greek that's used in the Gospel of John, right? Well, the two books have the same author. I mean, this is called the Revelation to John. I'll have you know that throughout church history, this book's name has changed slightly from time to time. Sometimes it was referred to as the Revelation of John. Sometimes it was referred to as the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it was referred to as the Revelation of Jesus Christ to the Apostle John. Sometimes it was referred to as the Apocalypse of John. Okay, all that to say, many people know that Revelation is written by 
the same guy who wrote the Gospel of John. And so scholars like to say, well, actually, I don't know if it is because the two styles of Greek that are used in John and in Revelation are very different. So they're probably not written by the same person. You know what? Those scholars in this case are exactly right. It's rare that I will say that liberal Bible scholars who like to discredit the Bible are right. But in this case, they are. Maybe for the wrong reason, but they're right. Let's flesh this out. The Gospel of John is written in some of the simplest Greek that you'll find anywhere in the New Testament. It's very eloquent, but it's very simple. Someone took a good amount of time, that being the Apostle John, to write a gospel that was eloquent and beautiful, but also very easy for people to read. You didn't have to have a high uh, reading ability in the first century if you spoke Greek to read the Gospel of John. On the other hand, the Greek that's used in the book of Revelation is very sketchy. It's like someone was scribbling something down as they were listening to somebody talk, and it's, it's not nearly as fluid, it's not nearly as smooth, it's not nearly as eloquent. Does this make sense? Of course it makes sense. John, I'm sorry, Revelation was written by the pen of the Apostle John. But the person who's talking throughout most of the book is Jesus Christ himself. It says right here in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the thing that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel. Okay, so first we have Jesus Christ, who God gave a revelation to in order to show to his servants. God gave Jesus a revelation an unveiling of something that's going to happen in the future in order to show to his servants. Jesus sent his angel to his servant, John. And it says in verse 2 that he, John, bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. This book is both the testimony of Jesus Christ and the word of God. He bore witness, it says in the end of verse 2, to all that he saw. If you read on a little further in this first chapter, you will come to the point where Jesus says, write down the words of this prophecy and send it to the seven churches that are in Asia. He actually says it this way, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches. And then he names the seven churches. The reason that Bible scholars want to make a point that the Greek in Revelation and the Greek in John are different. It's because John was writing the, the Greek. He was writing the Gospel of John. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But everything about his own style, his own eloquence, he, he had the time to write that book out. He was receiving a revelation from Jesus Christ when he received this revelation from Jesus Christ. And he was writing. He was writing and trying to, trying to keep up. You can imagine when you're just listening to someone talk, try writing down what they're saying or try watching a movie and writing down everything that you see. It's probably not going to be as fluid as if you have time to sit down and plan it out, right? Okay, one of the ways that this book is very, very unique amongst any other book in the Bible is that it's written by Jesus Christ. He uses the pen of John, but... Jesus Christ is the author. That's why this book should rightly be titled The Revelation of Jesus Christ to John. 
I'm happy with the way the ESV puts it. The revelation to John. Not the revelation of John. It wasn't his. It was to him from Jesus Christ. Let's read one more verse before we call it a day. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. For the time is near. That's already the second place where we've seen a word that talks about urgency. The time is near. And back in verse 1 we heard these things will soon take place. What do we have to say about this? We said last week or a couple days ago that this book is the only book in the Bible that conveys a blessing on those who read it and a curse on those who try to change it. This book matters to God and it should matter to you. Don't ever let anyone tell you that this book doesn't apply to you. There's different ways that people do this. The reformers were pretty outlandish and pretty blatant. They just said, uh, it's not inspired. It shouldn't be in the Bible. They weren't correct on that. Today, this happens more subtly. Some people say, well, it's really only written to end time saints. Even some types of theologians, I didn't actually mean to do air quotes. They are theologians. Uh, some people like to say that this book uh, only applies to Israel, believe it or not. This isn't right. And I think it's pretty obvious why this isn't right. This book is meant to be given to every servant of Jesus Christ. That's what it says. God gave a revelation to his son who gave it to his servant to show to the churches who are who the churches that are made up of God's children and God's servants. We already talked pretty good detail last week about why this book applies to you. But now that we're at this passage, we just need to reiterate that it absolutely is important for Christians to know and to read this book. There's a blessing promised to you if you hear this book and if you keep what's written in it. Okay, lastly, what do we make of the fact that Jesus says right in the very first verse of this book that the things that are written in it must soon take place? He also says in verse 3 that the time is near. Now look, there's a whole group of Christians out there that believe that the things that have happened, that the things that are written in this book have already happened, that everything's already taken place. These are known as preterists. This belief is known as preterism or post-millennialism. Now look, I disagree with this completely. I believe that many people who believe it are saved. I don't believe it's an issue that we should divide on. I think there's a lot of faithful brothers and sisters in Christ who've been led to believe this very thing. But I don't think it's right at all. Look, the word that's translated soon in your English New Testament, the things that must soon take place, it's the Greek word take. And what it means is that when these things start to take place, they will happen quickly. It's one of the ways that that word can be translated. I understand why the translators translate it soon, and I'm not saying that they're wrong. But one of the very consistent meanings of this word is that when these things start to happen, they're going to happen fast. They're going to happen quickly. Jesus tells us that there's certain signs that we can be looking for, particularly in Matthew 24. Four signs in particular. And he says, when all these things are taking place at the same time, you'll know that the time is near. You, Christian disciple who's paying attention, will know that the time is near. But nonetheless... When the end begins, the events that will culminate and sort of wrap up human history 
will happen very, very quickly. That's what this verse is saying. I also want to point you to one other verse in the book of 1 Peter. Some of you thought I was going to go to 2 Thessalonians. There's another verse in 2 Thessalonians that says, hey, in the last days, people are going to come and are going to say, where's the day of the Lord? Hasn't the day of the Lord already come? And Paul writes to the Thessalonians and says, don't be deceived by these people that say the day of the Lord has already come. And then he lays out more signs and what will happen on the day of the Lord and leading up to the day of the Lord. He's trying to give us assurance that, hey, you know that Jesus hasn't come back yet because these certain things haven't happened. We have that assurance. But I want to point you right now to 2 Peter. And in chapter 3, he says this in verse 2, You should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, knowing, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? How does Peter respond to this? He's given us a warning. He's saying there's going to come people at the end that say, where's the promise? I thought it was supposed to happen soon. I thought it was supposed to happen. I thought the time was near. The reason that many people believe that these things have already happened is because the Bible says that they were going to happen soon and that the time was near. But this is what Peter says in light of that, in light of people saying, where's the promise or didn't it already happen? Here's what he says. Don't overlook this one fact. This is 2 Peter 3, 8, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. There you go. When it does happen, when the day of the Lord does come, it will come like a thief in the night. These things will happen quickly. Jesus is consistent. He says this over and over and over again in many of his parables about the last days. But what's the point? The reason that they haven't happened yet, the reason that Christ hasn't returned yet is because God is patient and God doesn't want anyone to perish, but for everyone to reach repentance. The reason the church has had 2,000 years to exist on planet earth and to usher in the kingdom of God is because God wants people to be saved. That's our first big takeaway from reading the book of Revelation. These things will happen. The church will go through incredible suffering one day. God will use that suffering and he'll use your faithfulness through it to bring more people into heaven, to save more souls. But until that day comes, until the end or the beginning of the end begins, until the great tribulation commences, just remember the reason that we're here and the reason that Jesus hasn't returned yet because God wants to save people and he's slow to anger. He's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to reach repentance. So look, the events of this book have not yet been fulfilled. When they begin to be fulfilled, everything will happen quickly, quickly. But also 
be prepared, be prepared by reading this book, by knowing what's in it, and by being ready to stay faithful to what's in it. That way, you'll receive a blessing from Jesus Christ himself, who wrote a book in your New Testament, who co-authored with the Apostle John a book in your New Testament called the book of Revelation. My friends, that was Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. When we're back next week, we'll pick up right where we left off in verse 4. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Again, I'm Blake Barbera signing off. Stay blessed, live loved. We'll see you next time on That You May Know Him. Thank you.